Good Monday to you, and uh, welcome. Bill Michael Show on the air. Good to have you after a uh, boy, a, a, a lot jam-packed into a weekend. Tell you about that coming up. If you want to get a hold of us, it is easy. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You can find us uh, via the phone. You can find us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. And uh, back in the saddle is our one Ben Kenny producing the program at Ben Z. Kenny, Ben, uh, so they lost your luggage? Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of great stories to tell, Bill. It's good to be back. I'm running on two hours and 20 minutes of sleep. I got in <laughs> at about 2 a.m. and hosted the morning show today. So we're battling through the day. And my golf clubs are sitting on the tarmac in Charlotte. Stop. Really? Yep. Oh, my goodness. I don't want And for to you, that's this. like... That that's just like the death knell. Oh my! It's it's horrible. I I feel like my son is there. I I feel anxious like it's my child. And I don't want to turn this into the whole airport airplane thing, but American Airlines is a disgrace. So there you uh, go. it is. It, I have taken American before, and uh, they've always been pretty good to me. But you have had some really bad experiences with uh, heading to the East Coast via America. Now, I'm, I'm, li- I'm going to Florida in, uh, in April uh, for uh, about five days, and I'm taking Southwest. And I have not taken Southwest in a while because of a bad experience I had on Southwest. So I'm, I'm giving them another chance, uh, but I, I'm, I'm a little anxious about that too. So, But uh, American Airlines has not treated you well over the last few, few flights from what I understand. No, no, and uh, CLT uh, over there in Charlotte, not not the greatest airport to spend six and a half hours in, uh, but it had to be done. I'm back. I, it's I'm, not a huge. That's Charlotte's not a huge airport. It's it's uh, it's a little bit bigger than Milwaukee, right? It's not that big, but the human traffic I think is uh, probably too much for the infrastructure they have there. Yeah, um, that's a that's a uh, that's a layover destination for a lot of flights. It is uh, for American. It's it's their hub. But I I'm back, Bill. Frankly, I I wished I crossed my fingers that we would get Rogers news while I was gone. I I wanted it so bad. Um, the there's new uh, thought today, and so yet another the, the uh, another um, another guess maybe is the best way to put it. Another guess is out there as to what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And another theory has now popped up this morning. And I'm kind of like, okay. Oh, by the way, the Saints just signed Derek Carr. Breaking news, the Saints have just signed Derek Carr. And so the rumor that's out there uh, we got to talk about this here. The Saints have just signed Derek Carr, and there is the thought, the prevailing thought, that the reason Rodgers has not announced he's coming back is because him and his people are accepting what – the the deal is, at least from what I understand, that it's not about whether Rodgers comes back to Green Bay. Um, It would be – how much money the Packers are willing to eat? See, I, there was some, there was some stuff in this contract that I was not, um, I'm hearing different things today than what I've heard in the past about how much money the Packers could eat or not eat, and how much 
the Jets were willing to pay because if the Jets brought on Aaron Rodgers for the full $60 million, then that would have to eliminate four or five significant players for the Jets, and they didn't want to do that because Rodgers is due the 58.2, and would he then either take a pay cut or throw in voidable years to push it down the road so that way they can just cancel out portions of the contract and you know all that kind of stuff. And this is not about whether or not Rodgers is going to make the announcement it's coming back. It's whether or not Rodgers is taking the trade to the Jets. And the Jets were willing to wait on Rodgers. Meanwhile, Derek Carr and his camp over the weekend basically had hinted at the fact that they weren't going to wait much longer. And apparently they're not. Uh, so Derek Carr has now signed, will sign with the New Orleans Saints. They have reached a deal, and uh, he will sign with the Saints we're waiting on another domino to fall. That is what's going to happen by tomorrow with Lamar Jackson. You can't imagine that the Baltimore Ravens are going to let him walk away. They'll probably franchise him, but the franchise tags are due tomorrow. Uh, what's going to happen with Daniel Jones? They're trying to work out a deal in New York because they would like to uh, they would like to franchise tag Saquon Barkley and sign Daniel Jones, but those two sides are still relatively apart. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the next domino to fall via the market with quarterback play. Uh, if he is indeed gone from San Francisco, which all indications are that he will be. And again, the breaking news is that um, that Rodgers uh, is still waiting and sitting there. And the, the reason that, you know, we're pressing this now up again, the, 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 the angst that is now starting to be, unless there is a lot of stuff, you would assume there is, but unless there's a lot of stuff that's lurking below the waterline uh, on all of this is that Rodgers is is kind of holding everybody up. the The Jets need to make moves. They need to, and the Jets met again over the weekend with Derek Carr. So coming uh, out of that meeting, I guess Derek Carr really got the sensation that hey, they're not going to make a move until they figure out what Rodgers is going to do, and then I could be left on the outside looking in. So I better take what's out there. So. Uh, Derek Carr has now come to an agreement with the Saints to be their quarterback. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, we still wait for. Jimmy G is still out there. Daniel Jones is not reached an agreement yet with the uh, with, with the Giants. And if the Giants franchise tag him, chances are they're, they're losing Saquon Barkley. Uh, so there's a lot of ramifications. All this is the reason when people say Aaron Rodgers has earned the right. He's earned the right, but teams have to make moves. Teams can't wait. You know, you can say you want to just take your time and do whatever. Now, the ultimate would be if, and I say that in the sense of no decision really needs to change, if Roger says, I'm coming back, I want to play for the Packers, and the Packers want to have him back, then nothing's changed. They would just have to work out whatever kind of salary ramifications there would be for Aaron Rodgers to come back. But I think today's announcement that, and I've said all along that I thought 60% of me said Rodgers would be back with the Packers. But seeing that Derek Carr has went ahead and signed with the Saints now tells you that I think the trade possibility to the New York Jets is even more real and more significant um, than maybe what I even thought. So Carr going to the Jets, and now we wait for the next domino, and that next domino most likely is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, some type of an announcement, and then to be coming back to either Green Bay or they have traded him to New York, one of the two. And what the what the Jets are trying to do is to get out of this without, one, paying that full salary, two, without giving up a ton, 
and significantly hurting their team down the road in case this doesn't work and they don't win a Super Bowl. They still have talent that they can then rely upon other than Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers, you know, again, he was the guy that said he'll make a decision soon enough. And the the reaction uh, that has now come in, at least if you look over on, say, Twitter, reaction to Rodgers, is that there, there's a lot of people out there, fan base-wise, that are tired of waiting. Like even New York fans, while they do have hope, are saying, what an incredible diva. Why can't he make a, an announcement? He is not only hurting the Green Bay Packers, he is hurting our team as well. And, and again, unless he has already got some type of a deal in place or they are you know, kind of full steam ahead on a deal to make him a New York Jet, even the Jets fans are now tired of it. So it is, uh, it is getting down to crunch time. As we are a week and a day away from free agency, we are uh, 24 hours-ish away, about 28 hours-ish away from franchise tags. Uh, and we got a lot going on, a lot churning in the NFL. Uh, over the weekend, you saw the Bucks win streak come to an end. A uh, Again, a 20, close to a 20-point lead just evaporates in the second half. Now, granted, at some point you knew they were going to lose. But a game at home, a 20-point lead evaporates, no defense, shooting goes cold, turnovers, ugly play, and it looked like they just kind of were kind of sleepwalking towards the end. And then finally they started to turn it on, but that, by then it was too little too late. Momentum had shifted, and uh, the Philadelphia 76ers were starting to feel it. And sure enough, the Bucks go down with a loss. In the meantime, you've got the New York Knicks knocking off uh, the Celtics last night in double overtime, which was a hell of a game. And the Knicks are starting to come on, sitting in the fifth seed right now. They're only a game back behind Cleveland to grab that fourth seed, one of the hotter teams in the NBA. Uh, but the, but the Bucks they turn right back around, and they get a win yesterday over Washington on that ugly pink floor. And uh, they knock them off, and they, you know, back to back to their winning ways. Still, in my opinion, the hottest team in the NBA and probably the best team in the NBA. Uh, but over on the other side, you've got, you know, arguments going on with the Dallas Mavericks. You've got last night Kyrie and KD facing off against one another. you got the Suns that are playing some good basketball, the return of Steph Curry. I mean, you got a lot going on in the NBA as you start to, to get to that stretch run to the postseason. And then the Badgers get a win. And some feel like the Badgers are either on the inside of the bubble or one win and they're in. I don't necessarily think that's true. We'll talk about it. Uh, you've got Marquette, who is the outright Big East champion now. So kudos to them. And uh, we, by the way, uh, I was in contact last night with uh, Shaka Smart and, uh, and the guys over there at Marquette. We, are, we might get coach this week. If not, we'll definitely get him next week. But... Uh, I know they're heading to New York for the Big East tournament, and they're going to try to get him on. So uh, they had reached out, and we had said yes. I'd love to get him, and uh, we're just trying to get the timing of all of that. But uh, we'd love to get Coach on the program. So hopefully, we get a chance to co- uh, talk to Coach Shaka Smart here either this week or next week before the tournament really gets underway. So we'll touch base then. Uh, so anyway, all of that, all of that going on because uh, there's just uh, a plethora of stuff happening, for lack of a better term. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead. You can also find us over on the Facebook fan page. Go to facebook.com slash the Bill Michael show. You can watch the program there. You can catch us over there on YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube and Bill Michael show on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Twitch TV as well. 
Uh, Instagram, not Instagram. We're not live on Instagram, which uh, I've got to figure that out. But nevertheless, if you want to go to The Real Bill Michaels or The Bill Michaels Show on Instagram, you can find us over there. And uh, so anyways, and don't forget the website, which is just uh, thebillmichaels.com. It's a great way to track us down there as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at J&L Tire Service out there in uh, Johnson Creek. You can give them a buzz right there at uh, 94 and Highway 26. It's the Johnson Creek exit just north of 94. Great stuff there. Also, they have one on Boulder Road in Watertown. And uh, they would vote in the, in the area. They were voted the best tire dealer. So good stuff. from. I've been telling you about them for a while. J&L Tire Service, and uh, they handle everything from the small minivans for oil changes to the big rigs for major work on tractors, trailers, you name it. They can do it. Uh, facilities for it, and that is our friends at J&L Tire and Service Center. J&L Tire and Service Center, and they do great work in the community. Lyle and his staff are just fantastic people, and I can't, I can't recommend them enough. The breaking news of the day, Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints. The New York Jets just sitting there now, waiting waiting to find out if indeed they're going to end up with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we continue on on a day that seems to be just uh flying by for lack of a better term he is uh got some stuff coming up on pro football focus they've got free agency out there they've got contracts for players and also uh he was at the combine and uh, joining us now on the hotline is uh our, our correspondent if you will that's been on the show numerous times it's our buddy brad spielberger from pro football focus and you can find him uh, at PFF underscore Brad and overthecap.com as well. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing well. So let's start, first of all, with the breaking news of the day, Derek Carr going to the Saints. So in your estimation, does this mean, uh, do you feel like Rodgers is off to the Jets or that suddenly the price for Aaron Rodgers just rose because Derek Carr is off the market? Yeah, well, especially with the details just broke about 30 seconds ago. Uh, his contract is a four-year deal for $150 million. Uh, 100 in total guarantees, looks like 70 fully guaranteed at signing. So, um, you know, a strong deal as well. You know, about in line with his prior deal that teams were looking to trade for, obviously that, that's not materialized. So, you know, do I think Rodgers' price went up? Perhaps. Uh, I, I don't think the Saints were necessarily a suitor for Rodgers. So, you know, if it took the Jets off the market, maybe then you could argue, okay, there's fewer teams now bidding for his services. Uh, at the same time, though, it's a very unique situation where I think teams are just trying to gauge – how many years of football does this guy want to play? I don't want to pay him $60 million for maybe one season on top of the trade package I have to send. So uh, two things I want to ask you. First of all, I you know most people seem to think Rodgers is going to come back. But I want your opinion, and you guys looked at uh, Aaron Rodgers. You rated Aaron Rodgers. I said maybe I thought he became a step slow. He was a little less elusive. Obviously, the broken thumb had something to do with the accuracy, that and the fact that he was learning you know, on the fly with new receivers who were also banged up. Has his play slipped, or do you feel like he just had one off season and he's going to come back with a vengeance this season? You know, I think it was probably more to injuries uh, than maybe we realized. Obviously, he tries to play through everything throughout his entire career. I think the thumb really bothered him, and you saw that on tape. You know, some errant throws, some 
some slightly inaccurate balls that I think you could maybe attribute to that. Obviously, some other nicks and bruises along the way. So, you know, is he going to get back to back-to-back MVP form? Maybe not, but you know, we're so closely removed from those seasons. I think he can play at a, a near that level um, for the next couple of years. I mean, you look at the team, obviously the injuries along the offensive line, trying to work in all these new young wide receivers. And when the chemistry finally developed there with a guy like Christian Watson, you did see, you know, that five-game win streak late in the year and, and more production across the board, more efficiency. So I think he still has it for a couple more years. Okay, now the next question I have for you. So you've got, you know, Tony Pollard. He has been uh, tagged by the Cowboys. you got some decisions to make with Daniel Jones and then Saquon Barkley on top of that. We see some of these ramifications beginning to come more evident over the next 24, 48 hours, maybe even a little bit longer than that. Tell me some of the names that you see that are going to be on the market. Well, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Tell me some of the names that you see that are going to be out there on the market as we start to look at a guy like Saquon Barkley. Lamar Jackson's deal still hasn't been done. You would assume they're going to franchise tag him. Pollard's been franchise tagged. Zeke Elliott could probably be out there. There's uh, teams talking about shopping now uh, the Titans, Derrick Henry. Who who do you feel some of the names might be on the market for other teams to start looking at? I got you. Yeah, so, you know, I really do think at this point we're going to see Saquon Barkley reach the market. I know Daniel Jones' group is in New York trying to iron out a deal before the deadline tomorrow for the franchise tag at 4 p.m., but I just think it's too short of a window for those two sides to work out a deal. So I think Saquon Barkley is going to test the open market. He want to be better running backs to reach the market. You know, I think David Montgomery in Chicago is probably going to reach the open market as well, maybe garner some interest. There are so many t- names at that position. Like you said, obviously more names being added with Derrick Henry, maybe a trade candidate. Um, you know, you, you just look around the NFL, and there's all different types of running back, too. You want kind of a bruiser on early downs, a guy like Rashad Penny in Seattle, Jamal Williams, you know, of course, former Green Bay Packer, uh, coming off his 17-touchdown season. And then you want kind of an outside zone, speedier guy like Raheem Mostert. Um, there, there are options all over the board, and I think it's going to be a very active free agency for a lot of these running backs. Being at the Combine, anything uh, really intrigue you? Yeah, you know, I think a couple names have jumped out that I thought were going to get solid deals, but two names in particular, one on each side of the ball, that I think are going to get really, really strong contracts. So the first is Juwan Taylor at right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought he was going to get around $15, $16 per year. Maybe it still ends up there, but you heard all week, maybe he gets into the $18 per year conversation, becomes one of the five highest-paid right tackles in the NFL. I had two different team people say he is an elite, quote-unquote, uh, uh, pass protector could get better as a run blocker, but a really, really high level pass protector, just 25 years old. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Denver Broncos interior defensive lineman, Draymond Jones, another guy I thought would get maybe 14, 15 million per year. Sounds like he could get 17, 18 as well. Um, with the franchise tag for Deron Payne with the age on guys like Javon Hargrave and Dallin Tomlinson and some others, he's kind of viewed as the one prize younger interior defensive lineman and could do very well. So as we sit here and start to look towards free agency, and we know the market's going to heat up here within a week. Uh, so, I mean, I, the Packers, we don't think they're going to have a ton of money to spend, but who may be able to be out there safety-wise, maybe a veteran-wide receiver that could help the Packers for a, we'll say, a mid-level deal? Yeah, I think safety is one position to definitely point to, and there are a lot of quality players there. And so I think, you know, outside of the Jesse Bates of the world, there's a lot of mid-tier guys. I think a player like Von Bell makes a ton of sense. Um, Coming off another year with the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a lot of free agents as well, a lot of money to spend, of course, on Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and so on. So 
you know, a guy that can play too high, single high, do a lot of different things, a reliable player, does not miss a lot of time. I think Von Bell makes a ton of sense. And then one more guy I find intriguing is, is Jimmy Ward. So coming off another season with the San Francisco 49ers, had been a safety, kind of a free safety type historically. This past season gets a little bit hurt, comes back, and apparently Kyle Shanahan said, if you want to start, you got to play slot corner. And as you know, the Packers could probably use some help in the slot. Obviously, Darnell Savage got some time in there. They tried a bunch of different things. But if you want a DB that can play safety but has shown last year was actually really good in the slot to close the season, from week eight to the end of the year, had an 80 coverage rate in the slot, top 15 at the position. So those two guys, you know, veterans, good players, durable players, good run defenders, I think make a lot of sense. The uh, the tight end position is something that the Packers are going to need to upgrade as well. We know that Robert Tanya came off of an ACL last year and didn't look nearly as good as he had in the past, and I don't know how much that hampered him or didn't hamper him, but Mercedes Lewis is getting older. They need to upgrade that position. Is that something you do in free agency, or is there uh, enough depth and quality in the draft that they could upgrade that position almost immediately? It does look like a you know historically good tight end draft class. You know, A lot of guys... We already knew about the big names, the Michael Myers, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid's of the world. But I thought a guy like Sam Laporta out of Iowa had a great uh, combine, a bunch of other names you could go through. If you want to look at free agency, I think a player like Austin Hooper makes a ton of sense. Um, You know, some connections to Matt LaFleur in there and playing with coaches that he has coached with in the past, obviously in Tennessee this past season. You know, a good blocker that can also catch the ball, you know, find soft spots in zones and get some yards after the catch. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, They can probably do both. I mean, there is a lot of talent in both groups, which is, you know, lines up well with their needs. Uh, I know the Packers are going to be looking for wide receiver help as well. So uh, tell me, because this doesn't seem to be, at least from what I've read, a very wide receiver deep draft, right? It's not good in the draft, and it's not good in free agency either. So they they might be, you know, struggling a bit. They obviously need to have more and more growth from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I think maybe you, you can affect the slot a little bit if they don't bring back Randall Cobb. You know, a guy like Paris Campbell in Indianapolis, I think, will be a mid-tier signing. And then in the draft, there are a lot of those slot types. You know, the big names, again, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison are some of the bigger names. Um, but I think you also can see guys like Tank Dell out of Houston as a good shifty slot guy that maybe you get late day two, realistically maybe early day three. Um, they'll have options there, uh, but no one I think that comes in and makes an immediate big impact, you know, next year. Um, then I want to go to the draft is the Packers uh, draft at number 15. So let's just say they hold tight there. Give me your thoughts as the draft board, maybe your draft board kind of works out to see what the Packers may or may not grab. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're going to stick to their classic Packers approach and probably go um, somewhere in the trenches, but it's the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that is where they'll look. You know, I think a guy like a Kalijah Cancy out of Pittsburgh had a phenomenal week this past week and is now getting mocked in the top 10, but I think he could fall into their range. And I think he's a good kind of undersized guy. You pair next to Kenny Clark, more of a pass rusher, can get upfield and generate some pressure. I think that would make a ton of sense. On the offensive side of the ball, a guy like Peter Skaronsky at a Northwestern, you know, a little bit shorter arms, maybe is a guard, but probably another one of those players like Elton Jenkins that you could start all over the place and will give you some good football. I think those guys make sense. Um, you know, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, a more true tackle, uh, measured well, tested well. Um, you know, a lot of those guys I don't think are, you know, top 10 guys that teams are clamoring for, um, but could be good values at 15. 
Talking with uh, our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Brad, also with OverTheCap.com. Now, I want to get into the cap side, side of things real quick. We know where the Packers are. Uh, I think the estimate is about $17 million under the cap right now. If we all figure that whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to restructure that deal. How much money do you think they're going to be able to gain, whether it's keeping Rodgers on the roster to gain additional money on the salary cap, or how much do you think they're going to have to eat to be able to trade him away? Yeah, so, you know, if they do trade him away, they have $40 million in dead cap, and they would lose a little bit of cap space. But arguably more importantly is you clear about $60 million in cash. Uh, so you then can feel much more flexible from a spending standpoint um, and, and can push some money around, push some cap hits into the future. You know, the big one I, I really think to keep an eye on is still David Bakhtiari. We've heard nothing as of yet. Maybe he's still back, but, you know, can clear about $15, $16 million there moving on from him potentially. Um, don't take a huge dead cap hit in that situation. Um, you know, that's the biggest one, the big ticket one. And then you look at some more mid-tier options. I, I think, you know, we obviously saw the restructure for guys like Preston Smith. I think that was, you know, made sense. There was had to be something that happened there. But they're in a fine cap spot if they do keep Rodgers. I think it's just, as we talked about, are they going to make a splash in free agency if they keep him? Probably not. If they don't, let's say they trade him away, obviously add some draft picks, try to build around a Jordan Love, and maybe then you do foray into an upper-middle-tier free agent-type signing. I, uh, I look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and what he may or may not restructure, but the David Bakhtiari thing becomes interesting because I know Gudikin said – that hard, you know, left tackles are hard to find. And David Bakhtiari played extremely well when he played this past season. And you're only going to gain about $6 million bucks if you end up cutting them loose. So I can't imagine they're going to cut them loose. I would figure that another restructure is in his future. So if the Packers, say, do the max and max out some of these other contracts to restructure and you still gain some from Aaron Rodgers, are we talking about a team that's got, say, 25 to $30 million to spend? Uh, now, to 8 to 10 of that, obviously, is going to be for, you know, your incoming rookies. But is that, that about the amount that they could end up with by the time it's all said and done? Yeah, so you can get about $8 million with a max restructure on David Bakhtiari. You get about 3 with a max restructure on Devondre Campbell. Um, a guy like Rasul Douglas gets you around $2 million, And then everybody else, is, it's six figures. So if you do those three moves on top of what they've already done, obviously with Kenny Clark and Preston Smith, you're in that $25 million, um, you know, in 2023 cap space conversation. As of today, the draft class isn't going to take a ton of money, you know, a new cap space to replace what's currently on there. It'd be about $4 million in cap space. So, yeah, then you're, you're right okay. around that $20 million conversation. Um, real quick before I let you go, and I got to ask because there's so many, there's so much speculation out there. So let's just say, have you figured it out if, if Rodgers plays, if he doesn't play, if he retires, if he gets traded, what, what all the money actually owed to Aaron Rodgers is going to be? Yeah, so in 2023, he's owed $59.5 million in cash. Uh, the tricky thing and the complicated thing right now is technically all of his money next year is in salary. So as of today, he has a salary for that, that number, $59.5 million. What happens is if they exercise this option in his contract, then you chop off basically all the money besides a minimum salary of $1.165 million, and you convert it into a bonus and spread that out over, as of right now, four years, so about $15 million in each of those four years. Um, you know, that is the way it's currently set up, and that's why I think it complicates the trade conversation because, like I said, I mean, if you're another team, yes, he's Aaron Rodgers, yes, you want to bring him in, but you're talking maybe two firsts or maybe a first and a, and a second or something like that, but what's that? he comes in, you pay him $60 million, and then he retires, you know, that's going to give a lot of teams pause. 
Now, if he retires, what does he get? Does he get all that $60 million? No, he does not. So so you do not, uh, you know, earn, I know it's guaranteed, quote-unquote, and fully guaranteed, but if you don't earn money, then it doesn't matter. You still have to, you know, be on the roster to trigger it or, or play, you know, for salary purposes, you know, play for it. So they wouldn't exercise that option bonus, and it would all be salary. And if he retired, he wouldn't earn it. So he would not get any of that money. Um, you know, he basically would forfeit it. Uh, I guess you could say that. Um, that's why I think he's going to come back. But I will say, you have a couple conversations in Indianapolis this past week, and people tell you, look, they're not betting he's going to retire, but they think it's a much more realistic possibility than maybe we in the media are giving you credit for. Okay, real quick. So, because I know that they've pushed money from Rodgers down the road before. So if he retires, it's basically he gets paid nothing. So he obviously would have all the bonuses from from the past, and, and the Packers are not going to go after you know prior bonus money like we saw with a um, right. you know Calvin Johnson Detroit for example. They would never do that. Um, but yeah, from a 2023 cash standpoint, if he retires, he's not getting any any of that 59.5 million in cash, um, and the team would basically you know realize that in cap savings or cash savings or whatever have you um, if he does step away. Okay, but then the 40 million still sits there, correct, or does it? He didn't, yeah, no, then he'd still have that $40 million dead cap because that is all just prior, you know, signing bonus and restructure bonus proration. You can't you can't meddle with that. It, it's on the books, you know, in stone. Right. So there you go. So uh, if he retires, it's uh, over $40, a little bit over $40 million of a cap hit that the Packers take immediately. And if he doesn't retire, they can restructure it depending on how long he wants to play and what he wants to do. And then if he retires, the Packers still take the cap hit, but he doesn't get uh, doesn't get money. So there you have it. Uh, great stuff, Brad. Appreciate it as always, buddy. And we'll talk to you soon. OK, sounds great. Thank you. Thanks so much. You can read his stuff. Pro football focus. PFF underscore Brad with over the cap dot com. So Rodgers gets, uh, like he said, he gets a little bit of that money, and that's about the extent of it. He doesn't get to the guaranteed money at all, and the Packers are then saddled with the $40.3 million worth of cap hit if indeed Rodgers would say, I'm going to call it a career, which is why you would want him to wait until after the uh, June 1st to be able to split that money up into a couple of years where they don't have to absorb the 40.3. It would be 20.15 over two years that they would be able to spread out for the cap hit. So... Uh, a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff there. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, we're also going to take our uh, trip over to New York, and uh, and we're going to talk uh, to uh, Zach Rosenblatt uh, with The Athletic. He covers the Jets. We want to get the Jets' perspective on this and what he's hearing in New York. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.